What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's still real to me, damn it. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to this special edition of the Still Realto Show. Jeff Peck, Dr. Trey Franklin, August 30th, 2023. Um, I wish it was under better, better circumstances as uh, we remember the life and um, give our thoughts on the tragic passing of Bray Wyatt, uh, Wyndham Rotunda. Um, the news broke Thursday afternoon, uh, late Thursday evening, or early Thursday evening, I should say. Um, I, I didn't know about it, Dr. Trey, for a good four hours or so. I was playing softball, which I tend to do on Thursday <laughs> nights. Um, I come home. And I didn't go online, no text or anything like that, uh, not even any alerts, news items popping up. And I'm scrolling through Instagram at like 10 o'clock on the East Coast, and I see a WWE graphic. Um, WWE remembers Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt, and my heart immediately sank um, in my chest. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about here. Um, throughout this entire special edition of the podcast, but where were you and, and how did you find out about the very tragic news? So I had just gotten home from work, um, getting ready to go on my vacation and kind of glancing through Facebook. And I saw somebody post, you know, RIP Bray Wyatt. And I was like, wait, what? And went on a few of the wrestling news sites that I go to. Nobody had posted anything about it yet. Went on WWE.com, nothing was there. And I was like, okay, maybe it's one of those like little fake news stories that you see pop up from time to time, like, you know, we, we, like celebrity passings and stuff like that. Because everywhere I looked, I couldn't find anything. And then uh, about 15 minutes later, I saw somebody link to the tweet from Triple H. And even then, at first, I thought it was a work. I, I literally thought that, you know, it was them trying to kill off the Bray Wyatt character. And, you know, you and I had talked a few weeks ago about how he had been ill, and but now he they, they were trying to make plans for his return and everything else. I thought it was their way of kind of starting over, like refreshing the character. Basically, you're just clear, clear, cleaning the slate. Um, and then the news reports started popping up everywhere. And then I started seeing stuff coming out from wrestlers and everything else. And I, I was just kind of dumbfounded and just didn't know how to react. I was sitting there waiting for my wife to get home from work so we could, like I said, finish getting ready to go on our vacation. And she got home and I was like, did you get on Facebook today? She's like, no. And I'm like, Bray Wyatt passed. And she's like, are, are you kidding me? I'm like, no. That's, it's 
Like, I, I mean, it's been five days. I'm still kind of weirdly numb about the whole thing. But yeah, that's kind of my timeline for finding out about it. Yeah. Um, I obviously had a tough time sleeping on Thursday night going into Friday, just thinking about the news. Um, when these things happen, you know, there's a selfish side of it where it's like, you know, you lose a wrestler uh, and the fan, you know, being a fan, it's like, wow, that creative light is is out now. But I like immediately jump towards the fact that this guy has four young children, um, probably all under the age of 10. I would imagine that his oldest is probably under the age of 10. And now they're living in a world without their father. Um Bray Wyatt's girlfriend, Jojo Offerman, who worked for WWE for a period of time as a ring announcer, now is widowed, has two children that she's got to be taking care of on her own without her boyfriend, Rock. Um, you know, solid person to have there in, in Wyndham Rotunda. And um, my heart broke. Um, thinking about all that. I mean, it was just, and then you just read the tributes like all night long. Like I probably did not get to sleep till about like 1230, 1am just reading tributes and, and tweets. Um, there's always that denial that, that, you know, you're pointing out Dr. Trey. It's like, this has to be a work. This can't be real. I mean, he's 36 years old. I just saw the video of his father, Mike Rotunda, IRS, Erwin R. Scheister, um, at a Comic-Con of sorts, and they're asking about how Bray Wyatt's doing, and he said he'll be back sooner rather than later. Um, there were reports you know, this month that he was dealing with not only a career-threatening issue, but a life-threatening issue. And then this happens towards the end of the month, and it just was like a fog. Um, Sean Sapp of Fightful Select reported that uh, the Rotunda family wanted it to be known that um, Bray Wyatt would, had gotten COVID back in March. Um, you know, they were setting up the match with he and Bobby Lashley for WrestleMania. And then Bray Wyatt just magically disappeared from television. And people were pointing, well, it's because Vince is back. And then we come to find out that it was a health issue and then very much clarified that it was COVID and that this COVID had aspirated, um, aspirated heart issues for Bray Wyatt on uh, Wyndham Rotunda. And then there's a story out today from, or yesterday from TMZ that reported that, um, Bray Wyatt had gone to a cardiologist or a doctor of some sort on the morning of his passing. They'd given him a portable defibrillator. He unfortunately was not wearing it. No, nobody knows if it would have saved his life that day or not. Um, but it was left in his truck, according to police reports. Um, Jojo thought it was strange that he was out for a good hour or so. I think it was past his alarm going off. And then by the time they got there, he, he was passed. Um, everything's just like very, very shocking. It's a numb feeling as wrestling fans. Unfortunately, we've grown accustomed to this. I, I immediately, when these things happen, I, I immediately think of how I felt and the day that was when I found out Owen Hart passed away. That was during the live pay-per-view, how I felt for days after Eddie Guerrero passed away, how I felt for a very small window of time when Chris Benoit passed away. And then obviously when those, um, Details got a little bit more clarified. It was, um, you know, then a weirder, numb feeling. And then most recently, when Brody Lee, John Huber passed away, it was a very similar feeling. And here we are, Bray Wyatt. And it's like, man, you, you got to be kidding me. Like, he's gone. And the comforting thing in post all this, Dr. Trey, outside of, 
favorite matches, promos, how he made us feel when he was on the microphone or in the ring or as a character in general is all the nice things that the people in the world of professional wrestling have shared over the last couple days. That's kind of how I've gotten through it. Seems like he was a very wholesome, real, um, kind individual. And I'm just sad about the entire thing. I really don't like doing these shows, but I feel like we owe it to our listeners and to one another, therapy-wise in a way, to discuss a passing like this when someone's so instrumental throughout the entire time and in, in his time in professional wrestling, something that we've covered the entire time here on SRTU, is is now no longer with us at such a very young age. He's a year younger than me, 36 years old. Kind of makes you think, puts puts life in perspective a little bit. Yeah, like <clears throat> I'm 46. I'm 10 years older than Bray Wyatt. And, you know, I, I got Sammy running around the house. I have, you know, my other kids and, and all of that stuff kind of kicked in my head. And, you know, it, it's it's weird in a way like, you know, we lost Terry Funk the day before. And, you know, being the older guy that I am, like I remember Terry Funk from growing up and Roadhouse and all those things. But, you know, 70 years old, had a full life, you know, um, we see some other guys, the Iron Sheik, the guys like that have passed away earlier this year. It's a different feeling when it's somebody in their 60s and 70s and 80s as opposed to somebody in the in the prime of their life. And, you know, this, this one hit me probably harder than any other one since Eddie Guerrero outside of Tracy Smothers because of my bond with Tracy. But, like, it just it, – it's – shocking to the system it just kind of floors you in a lot of ways and it's just like you know I, like i skipped smackdown i didn't watch smackdown i i purposely stayed away from twitter and everything else for a few days just because i, I kept hoping against hope that it was something else you know um but like you said like it's somebody who you know with bray we had heard at times, not that he was hard to work with, but he's very passionate about his character and what he was doing. And, you know, every now and then, you know, somebody ruffles a feather. And and I kept waiting for that one, for lack of a better term, that one asshole to come out and say something or, you know, like somebody, and you're right, like everybody has said such great things about him and not just the performer or, but just like, <clears throat> excuse me, behind the scenes, Helping, helping go out. The story about Becky Lynch saying that, you know, the the day she had her TLC match with with Alexa Bliss, and neither of them knew how to set a table properly, and and Bray was out there the entire show, like before the show, showing them how to properly set the table up and do all those things, and you know, you just hear these like gracious stories about what kind of person he was. It, it on one hand, it makes you feel good about the life he led but then it just makes you feel awful that we lost a really good person and yeah. in today's society in today's world those are getting harder and harder to find so to lose somebody so creative and, and such a good person at such a young age is it, it's devastating and, and the only solace you can take from it is you know he's all videos forever the internet's forever like you can go now and, and see whatever you want. I mean, literally like the other day I was like yesterday I had the day off and I was just kind of unwinding and trying to avoid 
stuff. And I watched uh, a special on, you know, one of the older specials on FCW. And I'm watching and they're talking about all the stuff from FCW. And all of a sudden it gets to a point where we're talking about the Dusty Rhodes promo classes. And you see Seth Rollins pop up and he's like, yeah, there's one guy that just got it better than anybody else. It was Bray Wyatt. And they start showing old clips of, of Bray. There's Bray and there's Brody Lee right behind him. And Bray's doing his promos in front of the class in the Bray Wyatt character. And you're just like, God, it was just so beautiful. So it's, it's a little bit of solace knowing that it's not one of those things where like, you know, you, you pass away with a young kid and there's nothing other than pictures to remember you by, you know, with his kids that there's video and there's going to be stuff forever that talks about what a great man their father was. What was your favorite time period of Bray Wyatt? You had now, correct me if I'm wrong here. Cause I feel like I remember this during the period of time <laughs> when we were doing this during the show, but like you were, you were watching NXT before it was on the yeah. network. It was on Hulu or something, right? Um, Hulu? I forget what it, it was. was the, I think it might have been Hulu before Hulu became what Hulu is now. I remember sense. you saying when Bray Wyatt like was about to debut, and I think he immediately feuded with Kane heading into SummerSlam that year. Like people, there was a buzz already on yeah. the internet, but you were watching NXT, and and you were you were behind that buzz on on Bray Wyatt before he ever debuted on on the main roster, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. At that point. I was working a show here in Alabama and I was trying to reinvent my character and I was stealing directly. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to bring up the influence he had on you. <laughs> like there's a, there's a promo actually just popped up on my Facebook feed not too long ago where I'm sitting on a beach in Florida and I'm doing the Bray Wyatt voice. And, and you would wear a fedora too, right? I, yeah, I've worn fedoras. I've worn Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> like I've, yeah. We did uh, when we did IWA Mid South. We did the tryout show about a year after that, and I literally did a Bray Wyatt character as a manager. Uh, like the guy was, and it, it, you know, you and I—I've joked with you for shoot, Jeff, almost almost a decade and a half now. I root for chubby guys. <laughs> as a guy who's, you know, been chubby his entire life, you find a, a charismatic chubby guy. Yeah, I'm rooting for that guy. And that was our affinity, my, my affinity for Kevin Owens, my affinity for Bray Wyatt. And just how charismatic he was. And, and uh, that that video I referenced, that, that thing on, on uh, Peacock, like Sasha and Charlotte were talking about it. And they're like, half the time you didn't know what he was talking about, but you're like, dude, whatever he's talking about, I'm in. And, and that's how I felt watching him in NXT, FCW, when that transition was taking place. Like, I, I didn't know half the stuff he was saying, but it was just so captivating and enthralling. And you're just like, I bought in day one. I bought into the Bray Wyatt character. I thought it was so unique and so different, even though people were like, you know, it was kind of a, a take on the Waylon Mercy character, but Bray, you know, he just made it his own and just did it in a way that was so different, unique. And I kept waiting for that call to the main roster because I knew he'd be even bigger on the main roster stage than he was in NXT just because of production and the size of the crowd, not knowing he would ever get to the level that he, he eventually got to. So back to the question there of what time period of Bray Wyatt did you enjoy the most? You had the debut of the Wyatt family and his couple of years in there in the beginning where he's, you know, wrestling John Cena at WrestleMania 30. Uh, and then at 31, he's wrestling the undertaker there. Then there's that time period where, 
um, in my, I'm trying to think here where it was. Okay, so WrestleMania 32, he's in the ring with The Rock in a segment, and then Rock takes on Eric Rowan at 33 is the SmackDown time period where Bray wins the WWE Championship. He's got uh, Brody Lee, um, uh, Luke Harper, and Randy Orton in the Wyatt family with him, and then Randy turns on him, lights the house on fire, then they have a match at WrestleMania 33. At 34, this is how I'm doing it via WrestleMania, there's the time period where he is with Woken Matt Hardy for a little bit. Then he's off television for a period of time, he returns as the Fiend. You've got that Fiend era, the Firefly Funhouse. Then he gets released. Um, and then he returns most recently, uh, less than a year ago. I believe it was October of last year, in a very triumphant, amazing return with a great buildup. He returns with that character. Then, unfortunately, that character obviously does not last long on television because he is off TV by late February. I think really one of the last times he had cut a promo in the ring heading into Elimination Chamber, letting the winner of Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley know that they were going to be, uh, he would meet them at WrestleMania. Then they did a little segment on Raw, I think, afterwards with Bobby Lashley of doing the Muscle Man dance. And then we did not see Bray Wyatt until, um, you know, the news broke out of, of his passing um, last week. So what is what is your favorite Bray Wyatt time period? So there's two for me, and, and one is pre-Sammy and what's post-Sammy. So I, I, I'm kind of torn here. So, You're talking about your son, just to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the early NXT stuff was so good and so experimental and like the stuff with the rocking chairs and all that stuff and it was just, you kind of felt, it's, you know, you and I joke, or you and I talk about like it's, NXT was finding Metallica before Metallica hit it big and that's how I felt with Bray Wyatt. It was like, Oh my God, this is like the coolest thing ever. And nobody knows about it yet. And just waiting for it to kind of pop off, you know? And honestly, I can't even remember really any of the feuds they had in NXT. Like the Wyatt family was there. They were kind of getting mixed up with different things, but there was never one of those big long out feuds that, you know, we see guys get into later on. But that character was so unique and so different. And the presentation inside, you know, full sail with that crowd was just amazing. And the, the entrance music, like everything about that fit, the entrance music was so different than anything else we had heard. Post-Sammy, it was the Firefly Funhouse. Because even that character, I mean, the first time we saw the Firefly Funhouse, you and I sat on the show and like went, like, what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. We had no idea what that was going to be. And it was crazy because I think Sammy was about a year and a half old. And every time that music would hit, he would stop whatever he was doing and watch the TV. Did not matter if he was playing with toys or eating dinner. It didn't matter. I could pull it up on YouTube. That song, as soon as that song would hit, he would stop everything and absolutely be engrossed watching Bray Wyatt. And it made me as a dad kind of like happy because I'm like, Oh, this is something we can bond over down the road. So, but to me, those two characters, those two versions of Bray Wyatt were so unique and so different from anything else we had seen on TV that it just, it captivated me. I mean, could you imagine if the, like we, we always, Bray Wyatt was always kind of compared to the Undertaker. If the Undertaker had an altered ego 
where he was like the actual like if he was actually doing the if he had the Paul Bear gimmick as an alter ego, where he was like the super clean cut director of a funeral home, and then the Undertaker was his alternate gimmick. We would have lost we would have lost our minds, and and that's kind of what Bray did with that Firefly Funhouse fiend combination. So those those two characters are just so unique and different from anything else we had seen on TV that it's hard for me to kind of pick a side there. Yeah, it's very difficult to find like a time period of Bray's character that you enjoy the most. But I, there, for me, it, I, I got to go back to that SmackDown era when he, bro, uh, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, and Randy Orton had like this reformed Wyatt family because that was one of the first times in a while in WWE that they had like this slow build angle. It always felt like Randy Orton would turn on Bray Wyatt and it took forever for that to happen. They won a tag team championship at one point uh, at the TLC show that Becky Lynch talks about. And then the elimination chamber match happens. Bray wins the title. And then that heads into WrestleMania because Randy had won um, the Royal rumble that year. And that match was okay. It had some strange moments, like uh, like I think like a spider was squished on the on the mat. Remember they the the mat like took over as this like horror movie screen. Um, that was so cool, and it kind of rebooted Randy Orton. Like Orton was one of the top, like, and I don't mean this in the sense of good guy, but faces of the company, like promotionally and and strategically, he was one of the top stars of the company. He took a back seat to the Bray Wyatt character. And it was completely different from what we're used to because Randy Orton would always be out in front, whether it be evolution or legacy. Um, it was, he was always kind of a centerpiece and he was a bit player in the new formed Wyatt family. And that was when they had just did the brand extension again. And for a very brief period of time, like SmackDown and Raw were really cool because they were different and, and that had a new different feel to it. And it was really enjoyable and then the second thing was was the fiend. Um, I've watched the tribute video that aired on SmackDown and also aired on on Raw this past Monday. Um, the music video captivating his entire career in life. And um, there's the part where it shifts to the Firefly Funhouse fiend era, and just the subtle things that they would do. It was so hilarious and so funny. And Bray Wyatt had such great great comedic timing whether if he was one that made the point to do these types of things or to uh, or if a writer was doing it, no matter what, it was executed to perfection. And there's this brief cut of the Firefly Funhouse. He's waving, and I think it's either Huskus, the the pig, or the, the rabbit is, is holding up a sign that says help, and he slowly pushes it down laughing and then <laughs> waving. And it was like that type of stuff. I, I watched it, and I was like, man, I just remember how entertaining the firefly funhouse was it would make you laugh it would make you feel um like like creepy like you had bugs crawling on you and it was just ahead of its time and that's the thing we've talked about it here time and time again i said it in the beginning of the show um the selfish part of this all is that one of the most creative lights in professional wrestling history has slowly dimmed down um in the past week and that is heartbreaking um the selfish side is where were things going upon his return to wwe where were things supposed to go after the rumble where were things supposed to go 
following elimination chamber like we're missing that he was silenced by a disease and then silenced in his passing and we have the memories forever but it's like the what ifs you can't sit there and go and not think about the what ifs like what was the direction supposed to be we had read so much right alexa bliss was starting to turn WWE had re-signed Eric Young, and there's been whispers that he was supposed to be involved in some degree with whatever Bray Wyatt was doing. I believe Vincent and Dutch, um, who are now in ROH or AEW, however you want to look at it, were kind of rumored to be coming into the company as well to work with Bray Wyatt. And it's just... Uh, I love to see a good comeback. And his release back in 2020 was awful and something that all wrestling fans could agree on was should not have happened. And it that sucked that he was away from WWE for that long. And then he finally made the return. Triple H is back in charge. And, and it's like, we're getting Bray Wyatt back and we're getting this opportunity to see what's next for him. And um, it just, yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't take place. And, it's just hard. It's hard from a wrestling perspective to see someone creative, so creative gone. And it's so sad from a human perspective to see someone so genuinely loved and adored a father, um, a significant other, a brother, a son, a friend, like gone like this. So young. I mean, that's the thing. Dr. Trey is just like so young. It, it resonates with guys like you and I, because you know, we get these moments in our lives where life is put in perspective, and this is one of those moments in professional wrestling and in life where it kind of sits you on your ass for a good couple of days and you self-reflect and you reflect in general. You think about everything that his family and friends are going through right now, and then you think about your own life and, and how things are right now. And in, in an instance, you could be on top of the world like Bray Wyatt was, and at a snap of the fingers, you could be gone. And it's just it's a sad day. Um, it's been a sad week. It's been a tough week for professional wrestling. Um, I know there was a lot of things celebrated with All Elite Wrestling. I know celebrating the life of Terry Funk, celebrating the life of Bray Wyatt. But obviously, we're not lying to you where I wish we weren't sitting here today going, up. Oh, let's have the Bray Wyatt tribute show. Let's get one in the books before we sit down and record this week's episode tomorrow and and then make it available for download. It's just... It stinks. It's, um, I don't know. I, I just don't think there will never, I, I, it's easy to say when someone passes, Dr. Trey, but I think it's safe to say there will never be another Bray Wyatt in professional wrestling. No, when I was listening to what you were saying there, and you talked about how ahead of his time he was. And I, I don't even think that he was ahead of his time. I think he was just on a different level than what anybody else yeah. creatively could come up with. Um, cause I mean, like because of him, really, we started getting into like the cinematic matches. I mean, you go back to the, uh, the, the, was it the house of horrors match with him and Randy Orton. That, that was ahead of its time, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then all of a sudden because of the pandemic, we had to do more of those. I saw somebody tweet out this week that the, the match with him and John Cena, WrestleMania, the cinematic one they did was the only interesting thing John Cena has done in the last 10 years, you know? And I'm like. That's, I mean, he was, and he was including Cena's movies. <laughs> I was just like, it's kind of, kind of a, a shot, but I was like, in a way, he was right. Like, you know, we got to see a John Cena heel in that match. Like, what would have happened if it had gone that route? Like, 
all these questions that we've had over the years about Cena got answered in that match in a sense. And it was just so crazy and delightful at the same time. And, you know, just, I was thinking about this week. I'm like, uh, I, I don't want to say I'm hoping at some point somebody's able to kind of come out and lay out what we were going to get. Now I know we're not going to get, you know, we're not going to find out like what we're going to do 10 years from now, but just, just what was the plan for the Wyatt six or whatever it was? Cause I, I, I still remember that, that Mountain Dew pitch black match. And I saw so many people hating on that match. And I still, I, I went back and watched it uh, yesterday and I was like, I still really enjoyed that. Like it was cool and it was different. And then the ending segment, you know, when you see all the, the Wyatt family characters, like kind of looking down, you know, you're like, Oh man, where is this going? I mean, even going back to, you know, the rumble, you know, and seeing the characters around the ring and then the crowd and everyone else. I'm like, where were they going with it? And I remember you and I sitting here going, who do you think was that guy? Who do you think that guy was? Or who do you think that guy was? Or who do you think sister Abigail was? It's like, the, the intrigue into it all. Like, I mean, you and I were going, I think Huskis is Joe Gacy. I, I think yeah. Ramblin' Rabbit was, or I think Mercy the Buzzard was Grayson Waller. And they, like, that was a thing. And then even when Uncle Howdy debuted, we're like, is that Bo Dallas? I think it's Bo Dallas. Maybe it's not Bo Dallas. Like, all of these things tying in just to, I, I it's kind of like you only got half the movie. You know, even if it's a, you know, like Marvel movie post credit scene. Just let me know where we were going with this. Because right now, I think the hardest part about this, and it's similar to Eddie and similar to Owen, is there's no closure on it. Mm-hmm. And, and from a character standpoint, there's no closure. I mean, you go back to stuff with Eddie Guerrero. Like we were, there was rumors that we were going to get an Eddie Guerrero Shawn Michaels match at a WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, and, and how much that sucks. Owen Hart, you know, where that was going. And, and Bray being arguably the most creative performer in the history of our business like where was where was his mind going with stuff you know and how is all this going to play out like I, I hope we kind of get something down the line where we can kind of go okay that would have been beautiful and we can kind of play it out in our mind's eyes where we're going just to kind of get that little bit of closure on the end because uh, it, it just sucks on so many levels right now and you mentioned earlier like taking stock it was ironic. They brought the COVID stuff and I have talked about with you off air before. Like I'm still blown away that in what the three and a half years of COVID, I've never gotten COVID. Thank God. Right. And, yeah. And, and you know, everybody knows how much I travel. Like if anybody was primed to get it, it would have been me. And like, I just talked with my wife about that the other day. I was like, I can't believe I've, I haven't gotten it yet. You know? And then all of this comes out and, you know, like two of my friends are battling the new strain of COVID right now. And I lost a friend of mine, you know, to COVID, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic. That was a diehard wrestling fan. And you left behind you know, a couple of young kids. And it's like, yeah, it, it makes you take stock of everything in your life when something like this happens to somebody who you admire and look up to. And you almost because of the way wrestling is now, you almost feel like they're you're a part of their life, even though you're like, you feel differently connected to a Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, a professional wrestler than you do an NFL player, a baseball player. Like, you know, the stuff with, uh, DeMar Hamlin last year, like I felt bad for the guy, but it didn't, it didn't hurt me. It didn't hit me. This hurts. This hit me hard because I think we just have a different look into their lives than we do any other celebrity or athlete out there in the world today. Wrestling is its own, yeah. separate entity that we bond to closer like 
we talk about wrestling being a soap opera. I, I didn't cry when any of my soap opera characters that I love died. Victor Kiriakis, you know, Jennifer Hansen's dad felt bad for her. Didn't like get upset. Didn't, you know, I like I, I grew up watching for 40 years with my grandmother. It didn't hurt me. Like when guys like that, when this happens to guys like Bray or Eddie or Owen, or even go back to Kerry Von Eric, you know, those guys and, and that, you know, Liz, even ultimate warrior. Like, you're just like, man, like how much more did they have to contribute to the business that we all love? Not just character wise, but also on a personal level, you know, going forward. I mean, we, we see all these guys out of the independent scenes, you know, doing autograph signings and things like that. You can go up and you can talk to a Lex Luger. You can talk to, you know, a Sergeant Slaughter. You can actually form a connection with these guys now. You can't, you don't do that with star athletes, but wrestling is its own different entity and we feel a closeness and a bond to these people that we see on TV multiple times a week. I think you said it very, very perfectly there. Um, there's not much more I can add. I mean, you learn about these people more than you learn about any other actor, actress, sports figure, what have you. Anybody that you look up to or anybody that you watch in an entertainment aspect, you know more about them than anyone. You know about their trials and their tribulations. You know about their struggles. Um, in, in the case of Wyndham Rotona, he started out as Husky Harris on NXT, was with Nexus, and then he was sent back down to developmental to find a new character. I remember reading about him toying with this new character. I think he wore like this Hannibal Lecter mask, and then this character started catching fire, and, and there was this buzz around him, and then he came on the main roster, and you watched him grow and become this amazing superstar, WWE champion. You get behind these people more than anywhere else in the world because i don't know it's what makes wrestling special to me it's it's the reason why i feel so much more connected than any other entertainment form and why when i watch Sami Zayn and kevin owens hold up the tag team champ to close out wrestlemania this past year that i feel just as accomplished as they do because 12 years ago, I watched them in a 1,000-seat arena in the Manhattan Center in New York City, tearing it up as Kevin Steen and El Generico. We connect with professional wrestlers more than you would in any other type of entertainment value. I mean, if an athlete passes away today, the likelihood of me knowing what their trials and tribulation and their struggles were to climb the charts into who they became or the, their families is is probably pretty slim to none. But I immediately thought of Bray Wyatt and his family, his connections to his father, Mike Rotunda, his brother, Bo Dallas, his girlfriend, Jojo Offerman, and his children. Like It's the same exact thing that I thought of when John Huber passed away, Brody Lee, Luke Harper. Like I immediately thought about his children because I had watched um, this little 10-minute clip on WWE Network about like before he became a superstar and him talking about the importance of, of being a role model for his kid um, in, in Luke Harper. So it's, it's a really, that's what makes it a very beautiful and poetic entertainment form. And that's why the connection that diehard wrestling fans have with the superstars and the shows and the organizations and the promotions and everything in between is oh so very special. And it's tough. It's a tough day. It's a tough week for professional wrestling fans. It's a tough week for professional wrestling to lose somebody so young in Bray Wyatt. Um, Dr. Trey, I think to wrap up this this tribute show, um, how 
does Bray Wyatt or how do you want Bray Wyatt Wyndham Rotunda to be remembered? Um, that's that's a fantastic question because it does kind of feel like like we talked about. Oh, we talked about Eddie. You know, Eddie had already had twenty years in the business. Owen had already had twenty. I mean, these guys had long careers. You know, and then we mentioned you know Brody Lee slash John Huber, and although it hurt, he really had ascended to that next level where. Eddie Owen were, and then you obviously were Bray. With Bray, it just feels like it was cut short. Like it was like there's so much more. Uh, there's so much more meat on the bone. But for me, I think I just want Bray Wyatt to be remembered as you know, maybe the most creative mind we've ever come across in professional wrestling. The way he could articulate and envision where he wanted his characters to go is something we've never seen before and to have the guts and 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 the balls to take risks beyond anything else we'd ever seen and i mean obviously just a good person a great man a great father i mean i don't know about you watching this smackdown like watching the start of the show and, and watching i was just talking about this earlier today watching braun Strowman break down like to see a guy who's six foot ten 350 pounds like just break down because that was his best friend you know it's like it's just so hard but for you know to me like i said bray wyatt is was was the most creative mind we have ever seen come across professional wrestling in my lifetime and i hope people remember him that way yeah even the becky lynch that closed to raw on monday night with her holding up the armband and just breaking down crying i felt like was a representation of all of us um it was Accumulation of of the past couple days and her emotion is what every wrestling fan and wrestler felt what the world of professional wrestling felt in losing somebody so young so amazing so creative so bright so energetic so kind in Wyndham Rotunda Bray Wyatt I will remember him as one of if not the most creative mind in the world of professional wrestling he took something that can be so repetitive and mundane and that you've seen Time and time again, whether it's uh, over a five-year span, you see something that is similar, or a 10-year span, and he spun it around and created a world and created a character of some things that we never saw before. Whenever you thought Bray Wyatt's character and storyline was going to go left, it went right. And it was so beautiful. It was so entertaining. It was so much fun to watch. And um, I wish we weren't saying these words, but it's just as complete thank you to everything that he did and, and brought to our joy and entertainment um, throughout his entire career. So we wanted to get this episode in the books. We wanted to share our thoughts about Bray Wyatt. We wanted to give it enough time so that we could um, give our thoughts and feelings about the entire situation and not feel like there was a time crunch to cover anything from the past week. So we'll get to the world of professional wrestling Tomorrow, um, the next time an episode drops here for SRTU, but it was important to get this this show out there, Dr. Trey. There's there's something I want to read that I feel like is the perfect way to to wrap up this show. But um, before we close up shop on this week's edition of of SRTU, is there anything you would like to um, to add in regards to Bray Wyatt? I mean, really, from 
I mean, you mentioned his family and, and, you know, not to mention like his uncle, Barry Wyndham, obviously he's still out there as well. But I mean, it's one of the things like when this, something like this happens, it's just a reminder like not to take life for granted, to tell the people in your life how you feel about them whenever you have the chance. Um, you know, today's, I saw somebody else today, like anybody who died today had plans for tomorrow. Anybody who died this morning had plans for tonight. You know, you, those instances where it's like, man, just let everybody know around you how much you value them, appreciate them, love them, because you never want to leave, leave anything unsaid, you know, when it's your time. So uh, just take that to heart. Tell, like, hug your kids, hug your family, tell them all you love them. Like, oh, those things kind of come back to the forefront uh, when something like this happens. And we have to put you know, wrestling and work and everything else kind of on the back burner and just go, you know what, man, I love you. I mean, you and I, like you and I joke off the air a lot. Like we've been on the, we've been, a, we've been together longer than two of my marriages combined. <laughs> you know, I, I've known you since before you met your girlfriend. Yep. Like we're, we're, we're an old married couple and I value and appreciate and, you know, love everything you and I have done for 12 years. If I haven't told you that, I just want you to know that. Likewise, my friend. Years for all of our listeners that tune in every single week, like we value and appreciate everything you guys have done to us. You guys are our motivation to keep doing this show for 700 plus episodes. You know, like the, like you and I, I told you, like, as far as I looked up, we are the second longest running wrestling podcast in the world um, that I, that I could verify against. And, and our, honestly, I don't know if number one is even still around. So we may be number one, who knows? But things like that put it in perspective that, you know, those people that you value and appreciate, just let it be known. Just just get it out there. Put it in the world. It, it, look, you might have the most cold-hearted, redneck, tough-as-nails friend, and you tell them that, they may blow you off, but guess what? It's going to sink in, and that way if something happens, they know how you felt, and they don't feel guilty about it. So just love your friends, love your neighbors, love your kids. Just put it all out there into the ethos and, and let it go. It's a perfect way to uh, end the show there, Dr. Trey, with some beautiful thoughts. Um, so we close with something that has obviously made the rounds since Bray Wyatt passed away. Um, it's something he posted on Twitter and Instagram back in August of 2022, and I felt like it was the perfect way to sum up how we as wrestling fans feel about the world of professional wrestling and, and how the world of professional wrestling makes us feel. Um so we'll read this and then close up shop here on the show. Thank you all for, for joining us. Thank you for allowing us these 40-plus minutes to give our thoughts and feelings towards the tragic passing of Wyndham Rotunda and Bray Wyatt. And, um, and thank you for you know, letting us share how we feel on this podcast today. Um, it's, uh, it's therapeutic because it's been, it's been tough to, to go through this because it's, it's not easy, obviously, losing somebody so special and made people feel so good in, in the world of professional wrestling. So Wyndham Rotunda wrote back in August, 2022. Uh, and I quote, wrestling is not a love story. It's a fairy tale for Massachusetts, a comedy for people who criticize punchlines, punchlines, fantasy. Most can't understand a spectacle. No one can deny lines are blurred. Heroes are villains. Budgets are cuts. Business is business, but it can also be a land where dead man walk where honor makes you elite where demons run for office and rock bottom is a reason to rejoice. Woo. 
It's an escape, a reason to point the blame at anyone but yourself for two to three hours, an excuse to be a kid again, and nothing matters except the moment we are in. Wrestling is not a love story, it's much more. It's hope. And in a world surrounded in hate, greed, and violence, a world where closure may never come, we all know a place that has hot and cold hope on tap, for better or for worse. End quote. Thank you, Bray Wyatt. Rest in peace, Wyndham Rotunda. And uh, until next time, follow the buzzards.
look all of you in the eyes and I can say thank you.